everybody. Welcome to tonight's episode of Black Famous, the show about songs that black people know and white people don't. Um, I feel like this is like the most simple I can make <laughs> the ta- what, what is supposed to be my tagline for the podcast. Um, it's accurate. Yeah, I feel like that's fairly accurate. <laughs> um, so my guest today is the lovely, lovely, lovely Dan. Hi. Hi, Dan. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, like I say in every single episode, I'm so excited to talk about this song. Like, I mean, just really, I'm like a broken record at this point. I am excited about every song. I feel like like the day that I'm not, the day that I'm like, you know what? I fucking hate the shit out of this song. It is going to be a rare day indeed. Um, so we're trying to talk about the song Hard to Say I'm Sorry by the R&B group The Quintet. Yeah, that's, that's five, right? Quintet. Mm-hmm. Um, as yet. A-Z yet. Now, I've meticulously, and by meticulously, I mean... In the last like ten minutes, I've tried to Google and find out what the fuck as yet means. Oh god, I didn't even think of looking that up. Because I'm like, it's I, just I don't like. We just took it at face value. Like, yeah, yeah the group's called as, as, yet. as yet. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> um, but before we get into all that, um, maybe it's Arizona yet. And we've just had it wrong this whole time. Yeah, but they're not from Arizona though. That's that's true. They're from Philly. But that would be really awesome <laughs> if they were. Um, but before we get into any more of this, um, we're gonna ask you, Dan, who are you and why? Uh, my name is Dan. I am uh, professionally a button pusher and uh, I'm an amateur uh, dog enthusiast. Um, why aren't you a professional dog enthusiast? I was at one point. But the pay wasn't very good, so uh. I decided to push buttons on computers because there's more money in it. <sighs> I'm a sellout. No, look, hey, we all got to pay rent and we all got to eat, okay? We got to do what we got to do. I just want you to live your dreams of snuggling dogs because snuggling dogs is like one of my favorite pastimes. I, I still think you chose this song today because it has a dog in it. <laughs> like, I honestly, I hadn't seen this music video probably since 1996 and I did not remember that a dog was in it like I I got to the end and I was like oh that's why she picked this one for me (laughs) well I I think I'd like to think of it more as kismet yeah um it was a miracle that happened the miracle on the dog street as it were um so yeah I think we're gonna get right into just a little bit of history um about the group now What's slightly annoying about this group is that I believe after their their self-titled album, it was kind of a revolving door of sorts. Um, there were many people that were in this group. Um, it started out as five, and then it went down to like three, and then it was four, and then it was five again. They had a reunion at some point. Yeah, it was just really complicated. I'm just like, oh, I don't really care. But... Um, so they formed in 1989 in Philadelphia um, uh, as a duo uh, with uh, Sean Riviera and Dion Allen, and later were uh, joined by uh, a man named Ke- Kenny Terry, and they all met singing in the lobby of the Hotel 
uh, the Wyndham Hotel in Philadelphia. So I'm guessing they were busking or something, or maybe there was like a piano lounge or something, and they were singing, and they were like, hey, you can sing. Hey, you can sing too. Let's be in a group together. Yay! I, I'm like, I'm hypothesizing. I think that's what happened. Um, that's why I get most of my professional opportunities. Right? Just like hanging out in front of hotels and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they kind of go through all these motions. They acquire some members. They lose some members. Um, but a demo of theirs ended up in the hands of Kenny Babyface Edmonds. Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, just known as Babyface. Um, one of the most amazing producers of our time. Um, and he helped them get their album off the ground. Um, and brought the, the fifth member of the quintet, Mark Nelson, in. Yes, 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 yes. And why is Mark Nelson so, such, like, he's a very important player in the story of As Yet. And I see in your notes that you can tell me why. Please tell me why. I think the story is hilarious. He bailed on Boys to Men in, uh, uh, right, after, right before they got super popular. Mm-hmm. Um, he joined that, that group when he was 19 in 1989. Mm-hmm. He was one and of the founding members. He left to do solo work, but, uh, you know, there was, like, internal strife. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in 1996, he got a second chance that, like, no one ever gets. And he joined this group, and that's when they went platinum. Yeah, and that's freaking amazing. Yeah. Like, I'm wondering what would have happened if Mark hadn't gotten so impatient. Like, the reason why he left is that he was super impatient. There was a lot of um, things that were going on with the production of Boys to Men's first album. Um, and wasn't getting along with the other members, and he decided to strike it out on his own. What would have happened if he had stayed? Like, I'm wondering, like... Was, we, he, was, was he the magic ingredient that made as as uh, yet work? But I guess like there would like I don't know like would there be any as yet like would they have blown up? They'd probably at still that be time. there busking at that hotel, but would I, they would they have? Uh... I don't know. I like I like I like to think of these sometimes because like these are just how are you going to be <laughs> a part of two really big groups? I mean, obviously, boys to men. They we're in the limelight a little longer than as yet. Like as it is still, I think as of now is still performing. Um, I think as a trio now, but um, boys to men had a really nice long run of hits and really big successes, which I'm oblivious to having grown up in Western Massachusetts in a cultural vacuum. Oh my goodness. I know. I know. Uh, also. Okay. So we're going to like table the as yet discussion just for a second. Oh, Please. Okay. So before we started recording, Dan told me with a very straight face that he had never heard of any of Boyz II Men's music. It's true. Before, uh, before doing research for for this song. For this song, uh, I grew up in Western Massachusetts, uh, Central Massachusetts, I guess, and uh, we were we were a no television except for PBS and uh, no radio except for NPR kind of household uh, for most of my life. And as happens when my younger brother was born. Then we were allowed to do all the, the fun stuff, but I had uh, missed I missed that time see, in the nineties when all this stuff was. So I was important. I'm I'm the youngest in my family. Oh, so you got all the cool stuff. So like I got like most of the cool stuff, <laughs> not all because I still grew up in a Caribbean household. So like you still were deathly afraid, <laughs> like you know like ruling with an iron fist somewhat but it definitely lessened a lot when i was born it was like a, it was a rusty fist by that point <laughs> basically so uh, yeah that's so 
it's so interesting to me. So like when you went away to college, like pop culture is just like, or like in high school, like when did that open itself up to you? What? I don't know. I, it was, uh, I had really eclectic taste in high school and I like almost kind of wore that as a, a weird pride thing where like, I don't listen to pop music like everybody. Turns out that's actually not that unique. That's like yeah. the normal, the normal <laughs> weird kid. You know, I'm so weird. That was that was the whole uh, yeah, the like, thing uh, in the 2000s. Like, like, with me, it was like, I watch British comedy, blah, blah, I'm blah. I'm so blah, random. Blah. I'm so random. And it's yeah. like, okay, honestly, <laughs> once you get to college, you are a dime a dozen. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out I was only shooting myself in the foot by not listening to pop music because most of it is pretty fun. Hey, look, the root of like the actual full word for pop it's popular you mm -hmm. know what i mean so some of it can be outright trash and some of it can be gloriously amazing the silver lining of all this is that now i get to discover these things as though they're brand new like i'm now a giant as yet fan and i can't wait to listen to the rest of their music oh god and th th like the this album that this the song is from is solidly a very good album <laughs> it's just it's a really really solid r&b album yeah so um, when you listen to the rest of it, I would love to discuss it with you further. Oh, let's do that, um, yeah. Because that would be really amazing. So, so yeah, so this song is a cover. Um, it is originally by the rock group Chicago. Um, and the singer Peter Cetera sings lead on this song. And I think he does, like, lead, uh, lead vocals and, like, lead guitar and keyboard. So I also just want to point out, I had no idea who Chicago, I, mean, I knew of the band Chicago, but mm -hmm. I didn't know Peter Cetera. I thought his name was Peter Cetera from the, <laughs> the stuff I was reading. And I was like, that has to be a stage name. But I guess, no, it's his real name. No, it's totally his real name. Yeah, and I, I am pretty sure at some point when I was younger, I'm pretty sure I pro probably pronounced it that way too. So don't feel ashamed. But I also didn't know that was who, that was who Peter Cetera was. And in the version of this song, uh, uh, that I watched like a million times to get ready for this podcast, it credited him as, as featuring Peter Cetera. Yes. And so I just thought Peter Cetera was a member of As Yet. No, no, no. And so I looked him up 10 minutes before walking in your door, <laughs> and I was like, wait, this guy was not in that. Not in that group at all. Was totally in a different group, very, very successful group. Um, this song was actually credited with um, kind of reviving faith in the hit making um capabilities of chicago um because they have a very like kind of jazzy adult contemporary like very horn driven sound and this was a very like it was like there was a lot of keyboards there was synthesizers so it was a very like really fresh toto like, yes yeah. yes um actually one of the guys from toto i think did work on the album that this no song, way. Chicago song, is that from. Makes sense. Like they're all like involved with each other somehow, like as in like like the bands were friends or something. Ooh. But yeah, that sort of like sound, mm -hmm. that freshness, like it was a fresh sound for Chicago, and this ended up being a really big hit for them. Mm. Um, also, for people who are not sure if they know who Peter Cetera is. Um, think of the songs, um, You're the Inspiration and Power of Love, or is it, I think it's Glory of Love or something like that from um, the Karate Kid soundtrack. If you've heard either of those two songs, that's who Peter Cetera is. He's a very distinct sounding voice. Um, so yeah, it was a cover. And this was around the time where we saw a lot of like, R&B singers and groups redo like covering like rock and pop songs. Um, I think I mentioned 
um, on the Brownstone episode, um, there was a group up called Brownstone and they did an Eagles cover. Um, the song was called I Can't Tell You Why. And then there was another group, there was two. Um, it was like a duet, um, a girl group called Allure and a guy group called 112, and they did a song called All Cried Out, which was a huge song for both of them. And that song was originally recorded by um, Lisa Lisa and Cult Jam um, back in the 80s. Um, so yeah, like I, I really loved that sort of that sort of time, that little clip of time. It just really showed the range of these groups. Yeah. Like a lot of these groups were very strong vocally and they're like, hey, we can do R&B, we can do rock, we can do whatever, but still make it our own and really add like some rich soulful tones in just a different way. So I really, really like, it just made me really excited whenever I would hear like an R&B cover of like a song that like kind of everyone knows. Um, so let's... uh. Yeah, let's get into the video. Let's just get right into the video. I want to get right into the video. Oh my gosh, the Because video. This, <laughs> this music video is a capsule of the 90s, of like R&B, African-American culture in the 90s, if can, there ever was one. Can I just say, I think the, the cover, the, the, Chicago, the original Chicago version is so 80s, and this is so 90s. It's like yes. the perfect example of each of those decades of music yes. in my mind. Like, oh, yeah. They, they, just like they typify yeah and it's like they're definitely sort of like bookending each other yeah and there's a uh, so in the video there is like backing music like you know like like a normal backing track but i always knew the acapella version mm -hmm. so if you strip away all that backing music all like the guitar whatever and you just hear them singing it acapella it's like it could become it, it's become so contemporary and so fresh. They could have just recorded it yesterday. The acapella version is by far the best version of the yeah, song. Yeah, for sure. Hands down. For sure. Um, but yes, um, going back to the video. Yes. <sighs> oh, man. So 49 seconds into this video. Well, first, okay. We open up on in, in the video. I believe the first scene is them... Um, it's either all of them like in their driving in yeah. a Hummer. See, I, I like went through this and I like worked out the timeline mm -hmm. because it's like all flashbacks and yeah. flash forwards. Yes. Yeah. It's basically quantum leap yeah. in a music video. <laughs> oh man. It was it was a puzzle. <laughs> so yeah, they're like there's there's they're all of them are like singing in the car. See, but like the car is actually the end of the timeline. That's yes, on the that's way. the on their way to their final destination. But I also like that it's really just this group of guys who are singing to their friend to make him feel better, and in case it doesn't work out with this girl, like it's just them being there for their friend who, Hanging who out. messed up in this relationship, and he's bringing a dog to apologize. Which oh is there God. any more classic story than that? Forty nine seconds into this motherfucking video, there is a beautiful man holding a dog. <laughs> Guys, guys. Beautiful man, beautiful dog. That's all I need in life. Yeah, and I think like I did a double take and I stopped the video and I was like, he's cuddling a dog. <laughs> he is just singing. He is not missing a beat. And he's cuddling the tiniest little puppy that's just like, hi, I'm a puppy and I'm just going to chill here and relax. I want to imagine she actually kept that puppy, the, the actress from the, the music oh video. Oh my goodness. Wouldn't and that be a great parting gift? Yeah. Thank you for recording this music, music video. Here is a puppy. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so yeah, so basically the video is framed around 
Um, all, all the members of As Yet have lady friends. One of the members has fucked up and has done something to this lady friend, ignored her, stood her up, etc. It really is a mystery. It really is. The video is a flashback, and he never flashes back to what he did. So. Yeah, because like in one part of the video... Oh, excuse me. Okay, yeah, we're totally skipping around. But yeah, in one part of the video... I think he like stands her up like he's late. That's I think that's that's a flashback to before the first flashback. Yes. I think. Okay, and he's late, and then in the next um, scene where he's fucking up, they all go out to a nightclub, and they're all like sitting and hanging out. And oh yeah, no, this is this is the flashback before the flashback. Oh my god. I think Lord. this is what made her mad at the first the time. The first time he, he leaves and does something. And whatever, whatever was he left to do, well, it was he, not buying her dog. So he gets out a beeper because he seems to get a page. Oh, was there a beeper? I missed the beeper. Oh, yeah. No, he's like, they're, they're like snuggling at the table and everyone's like hanging out. And then you see him look at his pager. Also, pagers. Pagers. He takes out his pager, looks at it, and he's like, oh, whispers to his friend, like the, another member of the group. And it just goes, psst, psst. And then he's like, I'll be right back to her, and then leaves to go take the call. Who the fuck was on the phone, dude? But also, he leaves for long enough that everyone else starts dancing, and she just has to sit there for what By seems like herself. hours. By herself. Yeah. By herself. And how fucked up is that? You're sitting at... No, he messed up. Yeah, you're sitting at the table, all alone, all your friends are on the dance floor, getting their dance on, one of which is like full-on making out, like literally like sucking face with one of the other actresses. Like he was was getting his life. Um, How embarrassing. That's super embarrassing. Like I definitely could think back to a moment where I was out with a bunch of friends and I kind of was like interested in the guy and we seemed to be hitting it off. And then he sort of like disappears. And all my friends are kind of like involved with their own thing. And I'm just like, I'm okay. I'll be okay, I swear. I like that she never once like puts up with it and like just rolls her eyes. Like the first time she storms out. The second Mm -hmm. time she throws Throws the water in his face. Oh my God. I gasped (laughs) when she threw that drink in his face. When When his trifling ass finally comes back and is just like, oh, hey. She's like, fuck you. And just throws a drink in his face and I just I just wanted to hold I just held my glass up and I was just like yes don't take his bullshit <laughs> um so yeah that that made me really really happy that she wasn't she wasn't gonna stand for it she was not going to stand for it not until she gets her dog <laughs> not I mean not until she gets her dog um a quick pause before we go through the rest of the video I just want to make a comment on the amounts of colored leather yes in the video I, th- I think there's a lot of ways the fashion in the video looked relatively like contemporary with now like there are like some of the outfits i would be like not doing not, like not even noticing yeah no i i it really just goes to show you that fashion is super cyclical i mean basically all these people are wearing coordinating leather pieces like the like the girlfriend who's not taking anybody's bullshit is wearing like a lime green leather jacket a lime green like top there's like a skirt affair like some of the dudes are wearing like let like coordinated leather like full-on leather pants leather like trench coats like just like very coordinated pieces also lots of overalls yes super 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 into the overall maybe it's because i walk through midtown every day but it really nothing seemed like 
super super dated like some like it, it would all just be like retro fashionable now yeah and also just maybe not in complete blocks of leather but like just like certain pieces mm. like if you're wearing if you were wearing the fashions in this video it would look like you were wearing a uniform yeah for fashion to be like really cyclical and be like applicable to other time periods you just kind of have to like take parts of it i've definitely seen parts of those outfits on people yep yep very recently and overalls are back in a big way and i'm not sure how to feel about it well and i like that the outfits like they're they're colorful but they're not like you know crazy flamboyant yeah even though a lot of the backgrounds are mm -hmm. like like the the what can only be described as the drake box my God, the Drake box! Yes, so like there's different parts of this video. So there's one area where all five of them are in a circular room. So can I can I tell you my theory is for this? Please, please do, please. So the the Drake box and the the what I call the the Matrix. Uh, what did I call it? The the Matrix recording studio. Yes. Now the Drake uh, box he's talking about is that like there's different parts of the video where it's just like one member in a. Drake box, please watch Hotline Bling. Like the song is terrible, but <laughs> you'll see what we're referencing. And they're like performing, emoting, yeah. in these red tone, like glowing boxes. It's, so continue. It's fabulous. Continue. Um, they, uh, th this is this is what how they imagine themselves as they're driving. Like this this is their this is how they see themselves in their minds. Like when they're singing and they're jamming out, this is how they see themselves. Oh my god. Oh my God. In reality, they're wearing like just you know regular white T-shirts in their car, but in their minds, they have these amazing leather jackets in this you performance space. You are Scooby doing this shit right open, like seriously? That makes <laughs> no, like I'm serious. That makes a lot of sense. And it it really is like when they were first starting out, and this is they were imagining themselves, and that's what I like to think this video is: is them. It's it's of them imagining their 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 fame and celebrity in the future, but. I am in love with this theory so hard. <laughs> I really am. Because the way that the, the, the video is cut, to that totally makes sense. Like, oh, this is them like on an off day, but like in the Matrix recording studio, that could be them maybe like a couple years in the future. Or they're in the midst of recording their first album. Tensions yeah. are running that, high. It's their shared dream. Yeah. And the Drake boxes are what they are their individual selves. <laughs> oh my god like seriously i just i spent a lot of time thinking about this oh my, i'm so happy that you did i'm like literally so excited i could just like jump right now that is like the best thing i've ever heard <laughs> it really is um also i couldn't help like i'm not sure if i thought matrix i thought maybe like jj abrams star trek oh okay yeah i was thinking like they're gonna transport out of here. Yeah. Like they're gonna Oh my god, it totally is a transporter pad. Yeah. I mean like, Star Trek nerd, why did I not think of that? I was like like I think that was the first thing I thought of. I was just like, are they gonna tra like are they gonna like transport to our hearts? And, yeah, like in and out like I feel like if they could have gotten more money for this video, that would have happened. Like the end of the video or the beginning <laughs> of the video would have been them appearing in the Matrix recording studio. Mm -hmm. And then the end of the video, like as soon as the final note they just disappear. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like if there was more money, that would have happened. That would have been amazing. Oh my God. I would love to imagine <laughs> an alternate universe in which this actually occurs. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically the song is saying it's, it's hard to say that you're sorry after you fuck up because people are stubborn in relationships and no one really wants to admit when they're wrong. 
People hate admitting what they're wrong. Yeah. Um, I always thought the beginning lines in the song were so funny. Like, not funny, haha, but like, so we're gonna look at the first verse. Um, <clears throat> Everybody needs a little time away, I've heard her say from each other. Even lovers need a holiday far away from each other. <laughs> I agree. This is her breaking up with him. Basically. Yeah, she's like, I need my space. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we just, we need to be apart for a while. <laughs> and then throughout the rest of the song, it's, I don't want to be away from you. I don't want us to be swept away from you. Far away from the one that I love. Hold me. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. And I'm just like, you know what? It, it's very vulnerable. It's so sincere. That's and it's what very, I love yeah, about it. It's, it's a, like, com- especially compared to the, the Chicago version, which comes off as, you know, like a, like just a regular rock song. Yeah, it's like, like a, it's, it comes off as a little brash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little like still stubborn. It's kind of arrogant in, yeah. the, in the Chicago one. Oh, yeah, yes, for sure. They're like so sincere about wanting to apologize. What I think is really funny is that instead of actually apologizing, he buys a dog. Yeah, there's no actual like, I mean, I, obviously there's no, you don't hear right, him say right, anything. Right. So he might have said that he was sorry, but he just bought her a dog. Yeah. I mean, that's not the same as apologizing, but like... That would work on me, though. That would work on me. Like, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I, that would totally work. I was like, I can't stand you. I was like, yeah, shit. Oh, my God, there's a puppy. Oh, my God, there's a puppy. Like, that's what would Bring happen. Bring me a Dalmatian and whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm good. But like, they're, like, it's just... It's incredibly through, through the, the voices of these guys. And it's very rare in such a large group that almost every person in this group has a distinct and amazing voice. Yeah, absolutely. There I like was recognizing voices when they weren't even in the on in the shot, which was great. Um I think they all got like a lot of air like FaceTime too, which mm-hmm. was which was I think a little unusual for like oh, a, super. A group of members except super. for one of the guys. It was um Corno's guy and mm-hmm. he was only in the background of shots. Yes. He just never got. He doesn't any, never. Any but he still, his voice was still yeah, really great. Yeah. So yeah, that was the one thing I was just kind of like, mm, why didn't you get? Your, like, did he get his own Drake box? I don't know. Might I don't remember. We might have to go back. I have and, to go back and watch it ten more times. Look, like seriously, it is an easy video to watch. It's, it's so a good. super easy to just get swept away, to get literally, literally swept away by how <laughs> amazing the like. I would listen to the song on the radio. And it would just, uh, just it's just too good. Like when you have vocal stylings and arrangements that are that good, it's the song. Like they could just be singing the phone book. It just sells itself. Mm-hmm. It sells itself. And this is also a time period where there are a lot of other acapella e type groups um, that are like super super successful. Um, there was one twelve. Um, there was another group called Silk, uh, Boys to Men. Um, so with Brownstone, I said this was like this was a really golden era for grown lady girl groups. Mm-hmm. This was also a great time for grown male, ma- like male groups. Um, Guy band, yeah, versus boy band. Yeah, exactly. Um, because later, you know, as the aughts happen, you get like B2K and like you know all these younger, you know. The focus on younger people starts to be the norm. 
and you should really kind of not looking at what grown people like as much as what the young what young people want yeah um but yeah this was like a really awesome time for just actual singing <laughs> not that people don't actually sing now but like there's we went through a, a long stretch where there was no real talent like singing it was all yeah. just like canned yelping. stuff yeah lots of yelping or lots of like over singing um which sometimes i'm okay with other times not well and i think a lot of pop singers that just couldn't sing oh so many that like just, the early 2000s was a bad time for it music. really was it really was there were a lot of people who just solidly could not sing a goddamn note that was when i came into pop like when i was back in and i was like this is not for me so maybe that was why maybe i can blame it on taste <laughs> no it, like, i can't i mean <laughs> honestly there's a lot of um big nostalgia things for me about the aughts um oh yeah and like things that i love during high school but like there, there's a lot of things I look back now. I'm just like, wow, this is shite. <laughs> this is absolutely utterly terrible. Like there's still things I'll hold close <laughs> to my heart, but woof, woofity woof. Um, anything else about the video that you can think of? Like you have you have so many notes. Like I'm telling you, people are just holding it down with the note game in this podcast. It's like amazing. I look over and it's just like pages. I. Uh... I've got notes here. Guy messed up before video. What did he do? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. He consciously omits his mistake from memory. That's right, because it's all flashbacks, but we never see his actual transgression. Yes, which makes me a little suspicious, because it's like, yes, you're framing this as like you're the sad, yeah. you're super sad, all your bo- Also, why the hell did you bring all of your guy friends to help you apologize to your girlfriend? Is that Uh, necessary? mm. I found that really unnecessary. I think he's just really insecure, maybe. And he needs, like, the emotional Like the backup? Yeah. I guess. But it's definitely framed as if, like, I'm telling the story, I'm super sad, Mm. my girlfriend's upset with me, but... I'm omitting what exactly I did wrong. I'm the hero of the story where I screwed up. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm the hero because I got her a dog. Mm. <laughs> she loves me again because I got her a dog. So it just, it makes me very suspicious. Um, like I said, I am super happy that she got the dog. She is beautiful and awesome and she deserves that damn dog. What the I hell think, did you do? I think his mistake was not having bought her a dog. <laughs> So wait, so the page was from like a, a breeder or something, and there, he calls back and he's just like, "Where's the dog? I ordered the dog three days ago." Blah 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 blah, and he spent so long cussing somebody out on the phone. He gets back to the table. Hey baby, she's like I don't want to raise a dog in this this toxic environment. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't. I just I just can't. Um, yeah, but like. Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Um, oh, I had a note about, uh, again, comparing. I, I just think it's really interesting to compare the, the Chicago version with the uh, As Yet version. Mm-hmm. Like, musically, like, it's, they're, they're so different. Um, I really like how um, they replaced a lot of the, the vocals in, um, in the Chicago version. They did this, these, like, classic 80s classic rock, like, vibrato mm-hmm. after everything. Yes. And in the the as yet version, they replaced it with like the classic R and B runs, and yeah. it works so well. Mm-hmm. Like either way, it just like it it completely changes the song. Yeah, it, it like and each of them stands so strong on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, like even it like like I said, Chicago like most of their other other songs I don't really like, but this song has always been a really strong song 
and it's like and it appeals to a wide swath of people mm-hmm. like even if you're not a fan of chicago you probably like this song like or if you've heard it in passing it's yeah. a good solid pop song it's a good solid pop rock song um so solid um was this song it hit number one for two weeks on the Billboard Top 100 yeah. of September 11th of 1982. Um, it was released May 17th, 1982, and it was Chicago's first top 10 of uh, top 50 hit since uh, "No Tell Lover" in 1978. So they had not had a top 50 hit. From 1978 until 1982. They needed Peter Setter to come in and make them a hit. Right. Like, basically, he, like, changed the game for them and brought them probably some new fans and maybe excited their old ones. Um, And the remake, the cover, that As Yet did, uh, that reached the top 10 on the Billboard Top 100, too. And it also went platinum. The song itself went platinum. And it was nominated for a Grammy. Yes. Uh, best performance by uh, R&B group or duo. Um, I didn't... Did you look up and see who, no, who won? No, I did not. I didn't. Don't worry about it. I didn't look it up either. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it, and I was just like, I would love to know who else. If we don't know, we can be righteously angry that as yet didn't win that's true but the thing is so brownstone was nominated for a grammy for if you love me and lost to tlc's creep Mm -hmm. now like i love both of those songs i'm kind of okay with creep winning because that's a great fucking song so like i'm kind of willing to keep myself ignorant (laughs) i'm willing to not figure out because i just want to i i wish they had won Mm -hmm. i think it would have been great they if definitely they deserve to win. No matter who else won, they probably also deserve to win. Exactly. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of anything else that kind of jumped out at me. Oh, there was a... Oh, sorry, do you mind if I jump back in? Oh, please. Uh, the, uh, the melody had a, a couple notes that were like really similar to the Postal Service song, Such Great Heights, where like, huh. they, come, like they come in for the first chorus, and it's like the f- first... like. Five notes. It's like it's launching into the chorus of such great heights. Listen to it again. It's. it's I it's really remarkable. wish you had told me this before <laughs> we started recording, so I could listen to it again because that's pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> now you know how they recorded, like how postal service was a thing, how they recorded. No, what? what? Okay, so <clears throat> quick uh, history on the postal service. So um, Ben Gibbard, who was the front man. For, or who is the frontman for Death Cab for Cutie, one of my favorite bands. Um, he collaborated with, um, oh my goodness, what is his name? Jimmy, Magic of the Interwebs. Uh, Jimmy Tamborello of a, a like an electronic group called um, Intel or Dintel. I don't really know how it's pronounced. Um, it's D-N-T-E-L. So basically... Ben recorded vocals and Jimmy provided the music and they sent these things through the mail. Mm. Hence the name, the Postal Service. Oh. So. It all makes sense. Yes. So honestly, like you, there's so many times when I listen to certain songs and I find like notes like that or I find like, oh, I know this. I know this from somewhere. I know this from somewhere. I know this from somewhere. Music, especially if you're 
a a connoisseur of music who you like to listen to a lot of it music doesn't exist in a vacuum so somehow some way sometimes bits of songs end yeah. up in other songs it's great so i totally can like i totally can believe we're gonna listen that. To it right after this yeah and- like seriously <laughs> like as soon as we finish we're putting that song on and you should too um so yeah you know it's so funny that you mentioned the postal service so such great heights was a song that I used to tell a old boyfriend of mine that I loved him. I used that song. Aww. I played that for him. Aww. And after we broke up, I could not listen to that album for a long time. <laughs> I like and Give Up was one of my like favorite favorite albums in college. And yeah, I didn't listen to it for like a really long time because it was so hard to listen to that song. And I think like like 10 years ago like like maybe 10 or 8 years ago I finally was like you know what I refuse to let the song be held hostage mm. by this horrible memory well it wasn't a horrible memory but it was a sad memory and I was like you know what this this song can exist on its own again and this album can exist on its own again and I saw, and I listened to it not too long after that and I was like I still like this album it's still really good <laughs> <laughs> it's still great awesome but yeah I'm super like oh I can't wait to listen I cannot wait to listen to that that's so interesting. <laughs> I this is a a great video. I the acapella version. I think, like as much as I love the video and mm. the original uh, as yet version of the song, the acapella version is just it's like it's so good. And it, it the way that it unravels too, like yeah. all you just every voice you just don't expect. So. I my my favorite band growing up because it was my mom's favorite band because I used to watch uh, Carmen San Diego mm-hmm. together. Rockapella. Rockapella. I saw them in concert with my mom. It was the first what? concert I ever went to. That is the most adorable thing I've ever heard. So I love acapella music. I've always loved acapella music. So the, the acapella version of this song Aww. is so good, and I love it. I'm really glad that you would like you appreciated that, and I did not like. Literally, I've known you for how many years now? Oh God, I don't even want to know how. Old I like are. five or six years. I've yeah. known you for quite a long time, yeah, and I've years. never known that. And that is, ah, oh, that makes me even happier that you ended up with this song. So many reasons. So many reasons. Um, but yeah, like I, I have a not a, a deep of love, a strong affection for acapella music, and there's so much of it that can be so terrible. <laughs> there's like, as with anything, there's so much of it that can be so terrible, but when it's good, it is fantastic. And the harmonies that like unfold in this, the acapella version of this song and the, the, the strength of the voices and the diversity of the voices. And like, also like I'm, I have a big heart on for harmonies and songs. Mm. I love harmonies and songs. What's great is both both the versions of the song were so great with harmonies, but in <gasps> different ways. In different ways. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And towards the end, like it just it just hits this crescendo of like you just think heaven is going to open up, and you, like when you go to heaven, it's not going to be like angels at the pearly gates. It's going to be as yet five dudes singing. To <laughs> five you dudes singing and to you, you're gonna love it. and you're going to fucking love it. And hopefully there will be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully there'll be a puppy. <coughs> um so yeah, like I said that there was a lot of dudes um in this group. Um so I'm just gonna read off the names. So the most recent members, um, Dion Allen, 
Kenny Terry, Mark Nelson, and Claude Thomas. Now, the past members, um, and some of these were original members of the group, uh, Daishan Benson, Sean Riviera, Daryl Anthony, Tony Grant, LaDon Bishop, um, it says in parentheses Smith, so I don't know if that was a, uh, maybe, like, maybe his original last name and he just went by his first and middle name, um, Chris Glider, Dante Harper, Ali Hyman, and Damon Core. Now, Damon Core was one of the original members, I believe, and it says that he's deceased. He is no longer with us. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. Massive R.I.P. Um, I couldn't find any like information on how he passed. Um, I just know that he passed away. Um, I believe in 2013 he passed away. Um, that's an, like I, I think I said this in the Brownstone podcast as well because um, one of the members, the original members of Brownstone, mm. is is no longer with us either. Um, it's kind of morbid, but I'm very fascinated by musical groups that sort of like came together either very quickly or just had this like special moment of kismet around them, and then they have members who are like no longer around. I, I just I find that dynamic like so interesting because obviously that person was one of the cogs in a machine of a special time and place where everything was just working mm. and these people came together and made really beautiful music. Yeah. And it's very intriguing to me how you can continue with that and still have that dynamic, that fire, that thing that made you special and not have that person around anymore. Yeah. So like I would be very interested to see them do this song now. Well, I mean, they, they never had another platinum album, right? No, I don't think so. They had one other album after this, and it was not as successful as their original one. But it says, like, as of today, that they're still, like, record, maybe touring, or maybe they're just um, not recording, but just touring. Yeah. Um, so I'd be really intrigued to see them do this song now. To see, see them um, perform. Look, look. look. If they were, look, I will, <laughs> don't even tempt me. Because if I find out I'm buying tickets and you're going with me. That would be great. The end. Like, you do not have a choice. <laughs> you will I'll just call you up and be like, hey, so what are you doing on this date? You know what you're doing? You're seeing as yet with me. I, that, yes. Yes, please. So I, I'm completely for it. I'm about it. I'm totally in love with this idea. Um, also, I'm pretty sure on YouTube... There is a, I feel like there should be a live recording of As Yet and, um, ooh, yikes. Um, there should be a live recording somewhere of um, them and Peter Cetera. Oh, what? There might be. That's um, so cool. <clears throat> and I know they did a cover of um, You're the Inspiration too. But I'm intrigued to see. We'll do a quick search, like, right now, because, you know, computers and the internet. I'm going to take this this uh, brief respite to remind everybody that this uh, video was released in 1996, which is 20 years ago. Oh, my God. 20 Wh years ago. Why would you even say that to anyone? Why? Because it's... It, I didn't it's even think truth. about that until you said it. They were our age, around our ages, uh, when, they were, when they made this song, and they're... 
mid to late 20s and early 30s and so that so, was 20 years ago okay so 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 that i can feel worse about myself <laughs> but they only, they only got one album so yeah were... but i don't have any <laughs> well I, you, this podcast is gonna go platinum you, you, just, just wait i'm not sure if it works that way i'm not sure like I, i'm thinking about it <laughs> and with the other knowledge of podcasts that I listen to, I'm not sure that's a thing. They're probably going to have podcast awards in like 20 years. You just wait. Like, I'm, actually, they might have podcast awards now. No, I think they have like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how this works, but I'm just saying. They have a platinum album and I don't. That's... Oh my God. See, that's another thing about like looking at stuff from this time period. Everyone is so young. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is mm-hmm. like... And they're like mid twenties to like thirty, like it's like twenties to thirties. Like a lot of these artists, and like it, it, except if they're like kind of older or more established, a lot of these people are fairly young and are like hitting it big. And I just, it's it's it makes me wonder about the state of the music industry. Now. They're hitting it big by getting that <coughs> big break, but through their own like. Yes. Their, like, talent yes. and their, their hard work. Whereas I feel like a lot of really young people are making it really big now, but it's they've kind of been, like, factory-grown. Yes, yes. Like, which, uh, of, the, of, the, of the pop star mentality. So, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, a lot of these people, when you're reading these um, origin, their origin stories, passing around demos, going to auditions, busting them L- on the street. Literally, Babyface found these people. I went down a Wikipedia hole, and like, literally, he found this group through his like mother-in-law having seen their show and recommending them to him. So, like, like how, how awesome. random is that? How awesome. So you've been like, you know, you thinking that you you've you've been hoofing it. You've been writing these songs. You've been auditioning. You've been rehearsing, and Babyface's mother-in-law. Happens to she see was the one you had to convince. Yeah, and and they, they happens did to see your show, yeah. and it's like, hey, hey, babyface, <laughs> <laughs> these guys are amazing. Like, what a great story. That's a fucking great story. And like, I feel like so many of these, um, these groups, these artists have these really incredible origin stories of just like we're just gonna work until we get it, and. For every as yet, for every brownstone, for every one of these artists that you know that we've been talking about, there's so many that fall through the cracks mm-hmm. that don't reach these certain heights of stardom. Um, Mark Nelson was in two of them. He was in Boys to Men and in As Yet. So either way, he was going to be a star somehow. Well, as long as he didn't quit As Yet before they made it platinum. Sure. Like I think he learned his mistake. Just kind of like <laughs> just just keep your head down and wait until they make it big. Cause... It's like. Be patient. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> um, so I see there's some of them live. I'm not sure if Peter Cetera is with them. I see one. Okay. Yeah. You're the inspiration. Peter Cetera featuring as yet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so I know what we're watching as soon as we're finished recording. We're watching that. And um, y'all should, too. Everybody watch this. Oh, no. I'm going to include... All of these links awesome. when I post this episode, um, but I actually think I think we've pretty much nailed it. I think we've pretty much covered it. Um, mm. Dan, I am so happy. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so happy that you love the song as much as I do. Um, this was just a night of just wonderful, wonderful revelations. 
thank you so much for inviting me to come on the show. It's, oh, I just I, I, and and for recommending this yeah, new song. Yeah, I. Completely. <laughs> I'm really glad that this could do it for you. Um, so, um, if people want to, well, actually, if you want people to find you via social medias, where can they find you? Uh, my Instagram is ugly puppy, all one word, <laughs> and my Twitter is at ills with thirteen l's. At ills, I, thirteen l's, s. You just like making life difficult for people, mm -hmm. especially you. <sighs> woof, woofity, woofity, woof. <laughs> uh, and you can find me uh, at the uh, handle eating this bitch on Snapchat which is dumb and amazing. Like, I literally love it. It's great. Um, also on Instagram and on the Twitter. That's Eatinist Bitch, E-A-T-I-N-I-S-T, bitch, all one word. Um, also, no nudes on Snapchat, please. I just want funny food photos. Are you acting a fool? Don't want to see you naked unless I've requested to. Just say. Oh, I forgot my Snapchat. It's Buttus, B-U-T-T-U-S, and I'm, yeah, I'm okay with nudes. <laughs> You're like, I'm super okay. Send all nudes. All nudes lead to here. <laughs> You're like, cheers. <laughs> nudes and dogs. That's those, those are what I accept. Nudes and dogs. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, and I think on that, I think we're going to end it. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for tuning in and following every week. Um, please, please, please rate me in the iTunes store. I am desperate for your approval. Um, now I understand why every podcast says like, oh my God, subscribe and rate me and blah, 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 blah. I, I understand. I now crave that attention. So please rate and review me on iTunes. Um, and we'll see you next time. Well, you'll hear me next time on the next episode of Black Famous. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye.